Welcome to This Osteopathic Life. This is Dr. Amelia Beakey. I'm honored to share with you the philosophy that has underscored my personal and professional life and explore how osteopathy truly is for the health of all things. I see these principles in action every day in my varied roles as physician, parent, athlete, writer, musician, coach, and entrepreneur, and hope they will light the way for the path to your best health. Please note that while I am a physician, this podcast is intended to share general information and encourage discussion about medicine, health, and related subjects. The content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice. Thank you for joining me for episode 15 of season 2 of This Osteopathic Life. The original intent of this podcast was to explore the pivot, as I mentioned previously, of this osteopathic life and the movement toward new programming, toward greater action and tangibility. And there will be space for that specifically, but the current events of this time call for a different focus and for a deepened awareness. And as I consider pivot, what that means, the ways it was discussed previously, how I envision it for this osteopathic life. I also think it's important to consider how right now the world is pivoting, our intention is pivoting, our purpose is pivoting, our possibility is pivoting, and the concept of pivot in the world right now is critical. So I'm going to spend this time exploring that concept and looking specifically at how this osteopathic life can serve in a meaningful way and also how generally there's such great opportunity to learn and shift and change and truly be for the health of all things through a greater sense of specificity and awareness and purpose. And so some of these you'll recall from the last episode, but thinking about them in the context of current events has been so powerful and fascinating and hopeful for me. And I offer these thoughts to you. We talked about a pivot as being anything or person on which something or someone functions or depends vitally. And if we take a moment and think about that as being potentially beliefs, right? beliefs and thought constructs many of us function about or depend on you know, in that vital way. And what if there's opportunity right now for that pivot point to be changed, exchanged, evolved, if you will? What if that point about which we are rotating is traded out and instead of being divisive and separating us into different sects and constructs, religions, spaces. Instead, it's allowing us 
to be pivoting about humanity. What if we function or depend vitally on our humanity and we can distill it down to some of those common threads? We noted a pivot to be a fixed point supporting something which turns or balances or a person or thing on which something else depends. So we think about that fixed point and something is turning or balancing on it. What if the balance is shifting and it can feel unsettling? It can feel like if we thought we were in balance, it can feel like everything's sliding away and it's unsteady and we're being dropped to the ground. Right? We think about a teeter-totter, a seesaw, whatever your verbiage is for that. And if we thought we were level and now things are shifting about that pivot point of humanity, our perception, our orientation to it can feel like we're being dropped to the ground, right? Or we're being lofted up into the air and unable to make the contact we want. We're being ungrounded. Our foundation is slipping. But what if actually everything has been out of balance and finally now, particularly in this time, the issue of race in this country and the experience of black people in this country is getting attention and support and awareness and willingness to stand up for change and hopefully effect meaningful and lasting change. And rather than taking a balanced structure and tipping it by doing so, we're actually taking what has been an imbalanced structure since the beginning of the history of our country and bringing it back into balance and allowing, encouraging, supporting, recognizing that the black community has not been on even footing. You know, that teeter-totter, they have been down on the ground to our benefit or have been doing all the work and in so doing, holding us up. And now, any movement toward leveling, toward equality, toward balancing on that pivot point of humanity can feel upending and unsettling, particularly for the white people in this country, when actually we're finally moving toward, we have not achieved, we're finally moving toward the potential for a state of balance. And when you've been oriented to a different equilibrium for so long, you believe that that's normal, that that's neutral, that that is balanced. And so it's going to take some time to recognize that actually that was a misperception and we had just allowed ourselves to compensate, you know, make changes in our systems, in our constructs, in our experiences to rationalize it as level, to rationalize it as equal, to pretend it away from being out of balance. And it's going to take some getting used to to see 
this movement toward balance as a necessary process. And if we should get there, and I hope that we do, I hope this is movement in a meaningful direction, seeing what it truly means to be balanced and that actually it can be for the greatest good. And it means that right now the focus, the effort needs to be on the attention to all that has gone into the suppression of black people in this country and what needs to happen to atone for it, to correct for it, to acknowledge it and make progress continuous, massive action-based progress in the direction of balance. Thinking about this in the body, in osteopathic medicine, when we see an asymmetry or a leg length discrepancy, if you will, a leg is short, and the body does not want to walk around with a tilted view of the world. So if your leg is short and nothing else happened, so you know, it's your right leg, you'd be lower on the right all the way up into your cranium, and that would be an askew visual field, right? That would be imbalanced, and so your body makes compensations. You know, your hips will rotate in a certain direction, and your low back will curve, and the mid-back will curve the opposite way, and the neck, and so on and so forth, so that your eyes are level with the horizon. But the rest of the body has made all kinds of contortions to make that possible. And so while there might be a perceived level view, there are many associated dysfunctions in the system that are allowing it to work. And it can be favorable for most of the parts of the body, but there are others that suffer. You know, hip joints get worn and knees are stressed and ribs eventually are traumatized by those adaptations in the musculature and corrections at first may not be well received because the body has gotten used to those compensatory mechanisms and they feel normal and they allow the body to feel neutral but correcting for them especially before a lot of that damage is done but still even when correcting for them to allow for true optimal movement providing external supports as are needed to address the imbalance, you know, to support a system and reduce the need for that compensation. And over time, the acceptance you know, of treatment, of convincing the body of what normal really is when true balance can be achieved is possible. And I hope we can see that in this current circumstance and shifts that we see happening. We talked about pivot as the central or most important person or thing in a situation. And this has come up a lot and it's a potent reaction to the current state of affairs, to the Black Lives Matter movement and the charge that arises in some in response to those three words and the retorts that come from it and 
the suggestion that in saying Black Lives Matter means all lives don't matter. And it doesn't. It does note that in this time, in response to the current events and those that have been happening, seen and unseen for the last four centuries, the pivot point, these central or most important people in this situation are the black people, that the black lives matter and they need the attention and the awareness and the support and the acknowledgement for the necessary change to bring the balance. I can't say bring back the balance because it hasn't been here. It hasn't been part of our history. It's not part of our present. But I do hope, I'm choosing to believe it is possible and seeing it as such for the first time in my awareness. So acknowledging that pivot of humanity and within that, that central most important person, people, community, cohort in the population right now, specifically in regards to these events and these events as they represent so many that have gone before, that the level of importance does shift and it's necessary for it to shift and to be seen in order to move toward that true state of balance. We also saw pivot as the concept of changing opinions, statements, decisions, so that they are different from what they were before. And this is where we shift from thinking of the pivot as that central point. We've explored ways that that can be seen right now but to the act of pivoting, right, to pivot and to move about that central point and being willing to change opinions, to recognize or maybe you were misinformed or underinformed or uninformed or chose to listen only to certain sources, whether due to lack of availability, you know, and that's part of the resources that were made available and utilized in the educational system, say by omission, but many times more with intention to broaden your awareness of potential sources of teaching and knowledge and to be able to sit with the discomfort of Acknowledging and recognizing that you didn't know, you don't know, but seeing the possibility that you can know differently, that you can still learn, that listening with an open mind to a broader cohort of teachers, especially those with whom you don't identify as readily 
and seeing where blinders have been in place and where biases can come into play and recognizing that learning and listening to others without judgment, without projection of your own experience, but hearing theirs and really and truly honoring it as real and true, even if it doesn't match that which you have been told before, you know, leading you to question some of your previous resources and to check them and to get better information, right? Get some validation and verification and diversification of those from whom you become informed and listening for your readiness to be able to change how you perceive, how you understand, and then how you decide and act based on that. We saw that pivoting can be a tool to discover additional growth. And this particularly in this time offers so much hope and realization of potential energy that has been there, but under the surface, maybe confused or without clarity on means of moving into meaningful action, but this opportunity to shift the pivot point in what it is, to recognize how out of balance things have been and that we're going to have to adapt to what is balance in a way that doesn't seem so to us, you know, based on our current point of orientation to the world and rights and equality, to allow for the most important people in this situation to have the space and to hold the space for them that has not ever been there. To be able to move and shift our thoughts and awareness around it and see all of that as growth potential. And that can come with growing pains. You know, pretending that it's easy to shift a paradigm, to shift belief systems, to make changes in policies that have provided measures of comfort and convenience and power and superiority and supremacy. Let's not pretend that that's easy or painless. But let's also not turn away from it because it can be challenging and difficult and uncomfortable and painful. Let's instead remember that it has been challenging and difficult and uncomfortable and painful for black people in this country this entire time. And shifting that burden until hopefully we can transform it, right? If we can move away from a space where anyone has to experience difficulty and discomfort and pain for the benefit of others, the better place we can all be in to continue growth. And with growth, there are growing pains, Right? We can remember them from our childhood and see them in our children. 
and they're not fatal and they're not terrible and they're temporary. And that can come with any growth. But in this case, the massive amounts of growth and change that are needed to make the meaningful and lasting change in the world will require us to sit in that discomfort and acknowledge it and hopefully transform it into a space where it isn't as severe, it isn't life-threatening as it has been for black people in this country, and instead discomfort from growth can be like that which we experience in training, right? Building muscle and testing our boundaries and finding our way forward. Thinking about pivot as we did before with the encouraging statement of embrace the pivot. Don't focus on what you can't control. Think about what you can. And in this time, that can certainly sound like an easier said than done statement. It's easy to get swept up in the overwhelm, in the daunting nature of this task, to see on the horizon or to feel if you've moved into that space already that it will be difficult and there will be pain and there will be realization and there will be asks for major shifts in reorienting ourselves to the world, to one another, to our belief systems, to the constructs that consciously or subconsciously have provided us with comforts and advantages. But there is much that we can control. And the most powerful that we can control is our response to the situation. Anytime, any situation, we are capable and we are charged with the responsibility to listen for the thoughts that are generated in response to any of this, in response to our reaction to the murder of George Floyd in the street in Minneapolis, to the attack and death of Ahmaud Arbery in the streets of Georgia, and to recognize that these are too, too many, but they also are two of so many more that have gone unacknowledged and represent so much of the challenge that we face in this country and seeing what thoughts we have in response to these and in response to the idea that this is not new and now we are paying attention. Think about what we can control with ourselves and what thoughts we can see. And first, that awareness and acknowledgement of our own thoughts is key and critical and cannot be sidestepped or overlooked or ignored in this movement of pivoting and growing. An honest assessment of thoughts that maybe are very fleeting and we don't like them you know, we don't see them as congruent with our value system, but they were there even for the briefest of moments. 
which means they were in the universe of our brain, which means they're probably in the greater universe and in many brains, and seeing how rather than running from them, you know, quickly sweeping them under the rug or hiding them in the back of the closet in our minds, but seeing them, recognizing them, and still choosing other, you don't have to choose them. You don't have to respond to them. But knowing that they're there is a key step. And seeing how they are present in the collective thought is key as well. And these thoughts create our feelings. And our feelings lead to our actions. And what actions might be happening in our lives that could be contributing to the perseveration of racism. And whether we are willing to admit it and see the opportunity to make a shift and make a change and move toward a different result. It's interesting in this time, as we've said, these are not the first offenses. These are not the first tragic and unnecessary and traumatic losses of life. But we are paying a greater collective attention. There is a stronger outrage and response. And it speaks to the pivoting of awareness in general right now, perhaps made possible by these times of closure, this grand pause in which we have found ourselves with a greater bandwidth for listening and learning and witnessing. Instead of scrolling past a story on the news, seeing it, paying attention, perhaps from these limitations that we've felt in different ways and certainly not in any way near what has happened to the suppression and elimination and infringement on the rights of black citizens in this country. But having a glimpse for a moment at these potential limitations at the hands of the government and for better or for worse in humanity, we can relate when we can see it reflected in ourselves and how it could potentially affect us. And that capacity for a deeper awareness and a willingness to speak out and hopefully continue to speak out for the right reasons in defense of those in need of the most support and moving toward the healing process. We also talked about pivot regarding spots in the cranium, these relationships, these interdigitations where the bones of the cranium come together. And in this time, I think about where these constructs are meeting, you know, where our views and awareness and knowledge bases are kind of butting up against information. And I won't say new information. It's not new. It's being unveiled and we're turning toward it and we're seeing it. 
and we talked about how unlocking the movement, you know, if there's restriction at these pivot points, at these intersections, opening up there opens up movement in the whole. In osteopathic medicine, we see movement as kind of a measure, a litmus test, the canary of health. And so if we look at these intersections and these key and critical areas and how unlocking them, making space there, could unleash the health to really move into the whole, how powerful that could truly be. And so while this osteopathic life is pivoting also, this week, this episode, the focus is on the pivot in the world, of the world, the recentering, the refocusing, the rebalancing, or like I said, the balancing, because Re would suggest we had been there in the past, the willingness to shift beliefs and to see truly from this time and to gain an awareness of our thoughts that we can control and see the depth to which controlling that thought by first acknowledging it, shining awareness, perhaps having acceptance, and then deciding which thoughts we want to highlight and which new thoughts we might want to adapt in order to move into the feelings that will lead us to the action to create the results we want to see for ourselves, for Black lives that matter for our children, for the future of the world, for the health of all things. So may we see the health and may we be the health. May we see the humanity and may we be the humanity. May we see the change. May we be the change. And may this point of pivoting be permanent in its shift away from all that has transpired these far too many years and into a perpetual motion of growth and learning in order to continue to recognize that balance, that health means for all and it means specific support to those who have been suppressed to allow for equal footing and true experience of health in order for us to have any hope that the whole can truly be well. appreciate the opportunity to share these words and for so many who have graciously and patiently offered insight and teaching and resources and I will put them in the show notes I will continue to post them on my social media I will continue to process them myself to 
shine a light on my own thoughts and to see how this experience aligns with the work of this osteopathic life can enrich the potential and this common effort awareness and movement forward will truly and ultimately better serve the health of all things. This is Dr. Amelia Beakey with The Sociopathic Life. Thank you for listening.